All good morning, Faith Covenant family. Hey, I am so sorry that I can't be with you guys in person. Uh, coming to Sunday morning worship with all of you is the highlight of my week in many ways. And uh, yeah, I was exposed to COVID in the past week, and uh, there's been some cold symptoms going on in our house. Um, and I am fully vaccinated with my booster, uh, but I just want to uh, choose to be cautious. Um, it's possible that I could test positive, so I just I want to keep all of you safe. And uh, so I pre-recorded this uh, yesterday. By the time you're viewing it, there's snow going on all around me right now. Uh, but I'm here in the sanctuary, and I want to record this for you um, because I really believe uh, that this message is for our community and that God has a word through this um, to each one of us. Um, so with that being said, let me pray, and uh, we'll dive right in. God, we thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that you desire to speak to your children. And I pray, Lord, that you would use me even through this, the medium of technology. God, use me to speak to your people. Enable me even right now, even though there's, as I'm recording this, there's no one here in this room, but Lord, I pray that you would fill me with, with the boldness and the ability to preach it as if I were right here preaching to each person, whether they're in the sanctuary right now or back at home. Lord, speak to us this morning through your word. Speak, O oh Lord, your servants are listening. Amen. Well, I do want to say Happy New Year to each of you. Happy 2022. Uh, you know, at the start of a new year, you may be thinking about uh, how you want, th might want things to be different. You might be thinking about new habits that you would like to start or take with you. Uh, you may be thinking about things you want to accomplish or do this year. And uh, a new habit that I've recently started that I want to carry with me into this new year uh, is the habit of walking. You know, uh, about a month ago, I was feeling a little lethargic. I my energy was low. Uh, and through some conversations with others, I, I realized that I probably wasn't getting enough sunlight. Um, and so I decided that I would start my day with a walk outside. Um, and so I've been going, no matter the temperature outside, I bundle up and I typically do a, a lap around Herrick Lake. Um, and I'm able during that time also to pray and to, to talk to God, to walk with Him. Sometimes I picture Jesus even walking with me, right next to me, talking to Him about what's going on in my life or the church and praying about what I want to say and all those types of things. And I have to say, not only am I feeling better physically, uh, I am also feeling stronger spiritually. And uh, my soul is filled with more peace. So this walking is not revolutionary. Some of you uh, walk every day already. Uh, but I think there is something special about walking. It's not quick. It's not efficient. It's not particularly productive. But it, allow, it allows us to slow down to be leisurely, to not be in a hurry. And so important matters of the heart can, can rise to the surface of our lives. It's, all, it's always why I love hiking with Laura. Some of the, our best conversations we've ever had have been on really long walks. Walks are relational. Walks build friendship, connection. They can bind you together in a way other things can't. And I think this is why the Bible often use, uses the metaphor of walking with God as the picture of the ideal relationship with Him. 
And some of the ideal examples of, of holy people in the Bible, they are said to have, walk, they, to have walked with God. Enoch walked with God, and then he was no more. Righteous Noah walked with God. Abraham, the father of faith, is said to have walked with God. And the prophet Micah, he revealed that walking with God is a basic requirement of our lives. Micah 6, 8 says, Mankind, he has told each of you what is good and what it is the Lord requires of you, to act justly, to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with your God. God wants his friends to walk with him because he wants to walk with us. He said in Leviticus 26, 12, I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. God wants to walk with us. The prophet Micah said, this is good. So friends, at the start of a new year and the start of a new sermon series, I want to impress upon your heart that the most important thing that you can do in 2022 is to walk with Jesus. We can't control what may happen this year, but we can focus on how we're walking with the Lord. And so we want to help you do that in our new sermon series, Walking with Jesus. We are going to be uh, traveling through the Gospel of Mark, uh, one chapter a week for the next 16 weeks. And it will take us up to Mark 16 on Easter Sunday when we celebrate the resurrection. Now, ironically, Mark moves quicker than any other gospel. So it might not feel like we're walking. It might feel like we're running at times with Mark because Mark skips right over his birth and and right into the ministry of John the Baptist and the baptism of Jesus, his tempting in the wilderness. And by verse 16, we are already at the calling of Jesus' first disciples. But even though Mark moves quickly, very early on, we encounter Jesus on a walk. And friends, this is the walk that changed the world. This walk is why we are even here right now. This is the walk when Jesus called his first disciples, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. If you'd like to follow along, I invite you to turn in your Bibles or on your phone to to Mark chapter 1. We'll be looking around verses 14 through 20. And I want to talk about four aspects of walking with Jesus. And they can be summarized like this. We walk with, we walk away, we walk in, and we walk to. So let's break this down. Number one, Jesus calls us to walk with him. He calls us to walk with him. It says, as Jesus walks by Simon and Andrew fishing, he says to them in verse 17, Come, follow me. Now, it's important at the start to recognize that Jesus sought them out. You know, because back then, if a disciple wanted to follow a rabbi, they would come to the rabbi and ask him if they could be his students. You see, they had to initiate seeking out the rabbi. The disciples had to in the culture at that time, so this was unique. Now, I personally, I've had the privilege of studying at uh, multiple religious institutions. My undergrad was in youth ministry at Bethel College. I got my Master's of Divinity from Northern Seminary uh, here in Lyle in Illinois. And uh, actually, this may be a personal update for, for some of you. Um, this week, I am starting my Doctor of Ministry uh, at Fuller Theological Seminary. 
uh, which I'm really excited about. And so over the past several months, I've had to go through the application process. I had to uh, send in my transcripts. I had to send in references. I had to write essays about uh, why I wanted to participate in this program. I had to write a paper uh, reflecting on a theological article. Um, and so I had to do all the initiation. I had to seek this out. I had to apply and justify myself to study at these institutions. Can you imagine if Jesus required this of us? If he did, people would have reason to boast, right? Oh, I got accepted into Jesus' discipleship school. Oh, I must be good. I must be good. No, no, no. Our Lord in his wisdom, he does not make us apply. Rather, he initiates with us. He seeks us out. He calls us to walk with him. He comes to us. And if, if it were up to us to apply to be with him, we would not be able to do so because we couldn't make the cut. And perhaps we wouldn't even do it because we are enslaved to sin and our own desires. And so salvation and discipleship itself, these are acts and works of the grace of Jesus in our lives. You know, we just celebrated Christmas. It's God sending the Son. It's God coming to us. It's always from God to us. And so it's Jesus who calls out to us to walk with Him. He comes to Andrew, Simon, James, and John, and He calls them to Himself to walk with Him. You see, other religions, other philosophies, they're primarily about things that we must do. But Jesus calls us into a relationship. He calls us to Himself. Because ultimately, what God wants from us is to walk with Him. Jesus said, come to me. And maybe hear these words in a weary season. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to Jesus, friends. This life, it is about walking with Him. No matter what you do or what happens in 2022, it is about walking with Jesus. The Apostle Paul says in Colossians 2.6, So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord. Have you received Christ Jesus as your Lord? Then continue to walk in Him, Paul says. Continue your walk. Make that the great ambition of your life. Make that the great ambition of this new year. So Jesus calls us to walk with Him. Second, Jesus calls us to walk away from everything else. He calls us to walk away from everything else. When Jesus comes to his first disciples, they are busy. They're busy doing something else. Andrew and Simon Peter, they're actively working. And James and John, it says they're, they're mending their nets. They're preparing for their next fish. You know, sometimes Jesus comes to us while we're already doing something. Or sometimes, sometimes he catches us while we're in transition, while we're preparing to do something else. And so no matter where Jesus comes to us in our lives, he always comes and he interrupts what we were doing or what we were planning to do. 
And so when Jesus comes to us, we must actively stop what we were currently doing or stop what we were preparing to do. Because what we're, we were intending to do is now interrupted. And maybe now it is not so important in light of what Jesus is calling us to do. Because from now on, both our intentions of what we want to do and our actions of what we actually do, these must now be about following Jesus of Nazareth. It says in verse 18, at once they left their nets and followed him. When they left their nets, they left their career. They left their ability to make money. They left their security. If you leave their nets, you're not catching any more fish. I mean, this would be like handing in your resignation to your job tomorrow. They left their nets. And James and John, not only do they leave their nets, it says in verse 20, they left their father Zebedee in their boat with the hired men and they followed him. And in a culture where honoring your father, honoring your mother, were extremely important, family is of uh, utmost importance, this was a radical sacrifice. To leave the family tradition, to leave the father's household, this is a big deal. And also, they had, because they had hired men uh, and the fishing industry was so big at that time, uh, they probably are leaving a lot of money on the table. They're leaving uh, some wealth. They're leaving financial future that would be good for them. And so they gave up a lot to follow Jesus. In fact, Peter will later say, hey, we left everything to follow you. And it's true. They did. I mean, can you imagine anyone dropping everything to follow Jesus today? Can you imagine anyone doing this to anybody, to anybody else? I mean, Mark presents us with this question. Who is this person who could command this type of response from people? Who could do this today? Who is the person who could compel people to walk away from their family, to walk away from their job, to walk away from a bunch of money? Who, who could do this today? Who can call others to follow him? And at once they drop their nets and they do it. You see, Andrew, Simon, James, and John, they saw something in Jesus that was worth giving up everything for. Even though Jesus placed a high demand on them from the beginning. You know, the fact that Jesus called people to walk away from everything else is very unique. No other leader or no other prophet prior to Jesus called disciples to himself in the way that Jesus did. The only other potential comparison would be the prophet Elijah when he calls his protege Elisha. Let me read it to you from 1 Kings. It says, So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with twelve oxen, and he himself was driving the twelfth pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back to his family. So Elisha 
He calls one disciple to come follow him and says, yeah, you can go back and say goodbye to your family. But the demand that Jesus gives is even more radical than what Elijah asked for. In fact, in Luke 9, it tells the story, it says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first, let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another person said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go and say goodbye to my family. Oh, wow, do you see that this is the same question that Elisha asked Elijah? And what does Jesus say? No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Whoa, that's intense. We, Jesus has even a greater demand than Elijah. Because now someone greater than Elijah is here. So the demand of allegiance, the demand of loyalty, the demand of surrender is all the more because he is greater than the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. Jesus calls us to walk away from every other allegiance. And he tells us not to look back. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a career or a family, of course. But walking with Jesus it means that he must now take precedence over all of those things. And if you want to walk with him, it means being ready to drop your net at once, whenever the Lord calls. And it means that whatever you're doing right now in your life, it ought to be with him and for him. It ought not to be for yourself and your own mission. Whatever you're doing now, you ought to be doing with an awareness of the presence of Jesus. And you ought to be doing it with a sense of mission for him, working with him and for him to bring him glory and to lead others to him. Because we're now following him and we don't look back. We walk away from doing anything for ourselves. We now walk with him and for him. So Jesus calls us to walk with him. He calls us to walk away from everything else. And number three, he calls us to walk in community. He calls us to walk in community. The very beginning, Jesus calls two brothers together, and then he calls another two brothers right away. You know, Jesus, this is the first thing Jesus basically does. He's been baptized. He was tempted in the wilderness. He just announced that the kingdom of God is here. What do you expect him to do? Don't you expect the miracles to start flowing right away? Don't you expect all these wonderful, powerful things? Or maybe they expected the Romans to be driven out right away. But what does Jesus do the very first thing after he announces the kingdom? He gathers a community. Maybe there's a connection between the gathered community and the kingdom that God is bringing in to the world. The first thing Jesus does is he gathers a community. He could have simply taught the masses. He could have been a public speaker. He could have focused his efforts on, on writing. He could have even just discipled individuals and kept them where they were and made them better people. But no, his first kingdom act is to establish a community of followers, 
And oh, friends, the roots of the church are right here. Because we don't, we're not invited to walk with Jesus by ourselves. Jesus doesn't invite us to walk with him by ourselves. Our Lord, from the very beginning, he's been calling people to walk with him, with others, together in community. And so from the very beginning, Simon, Andrew, James, and John, they walk with Jesus as a community, not as individuals. And so they're going to have to learn how to love each other, how to forgive each other, how to work together, how to collaborate, how to work with each other's strengths. They're going to have to do work on figure out how to get along and follow Jesus as a group. Because walking with Jesus, it's a group activity. It's a group hike. It's a group walk. As the song goes, we will walk with each other. We will walk hand in hand. And together we'll spread the news that God is in our land. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. And on and on it goes. So that leads me to my fourth point. Jesus calls us to walk out to the world in mission. He calls us to walk out to the world in mission. From the very beginning, walking with Jesus is a call to walk out to the world. Notice that the full sentence of Jesus' first calling. Verse 17, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people or make you become fishers of people. And I don't know if you've you've ever thought about this idea that Jesus is a genius. Jesus is the smartest person, wisest person to have ever lived uh, in the entire history of this world. And so I think it's uh, exceptionally wise of Jesus that from the very beginning, the expectation of mission is set. Because if there is no expectation of a mission, The disciples might have thought that following Jesus was about their own self-improvement. That following Jesus is about what they might get out of it. Or they might have thought that this, this whole thing was about just being in community and having friends that they liked being around. No, no, no. Jesus sets the expectation from the beginning. If you're signing up for this, this is what you're signing up for. Follow me and I will make you fishers of people. A disciple of Jesus must never lose sight of the fact that they are fishermen. They are missionaries. And Simon, Andrew, James, and John, they knew how to fish. You know, and I think the Lord in his wisdom probably called these fishermen for a reason. You know, when they, when they were fishermen, they knew what kinds of nets to use. They knew the spots where the fish would be. They knew what time of day or time of night to go out. They knew how that to adjust their strategy or their techniques based on the fish's behavior. Because you learn what fish do, you learn what fish like, and then you are able to catch them. And so this mentality would need to be in the movement of Jesus from the beginning. And because they would have to now go to places where they were not comfortable, because that's where the fish are. They would have to adapt. They would have to change their way of life entirely in order to reach people because that's where they were. You know, they didn't sign up for this for their own self-fulfillment. Right from the beginning, from the beginning, it was about leading people into the kingdom of God. 
so we too, we must continually adapt and consider what we must do in order to be out fishing for people and leading them into the kingdom of God. We have to ask ourselves, are we, are we going out to where the fish are? Are we willing to adapt our way of life as individuals and as a church? Or are we comfortable on the shoreline? The call to walk with Jesus is a call to walk out to the world. Friends, Jesus calls us to walk with Him. He calls us to walk away from everything else. He calls us to walk in community, and He calls us to walk out to the world. We walk with, we walk away, we walk in, and we walk out. So friends, in 2022, nothing could be more important than walking with Jesus like this. And our covenant forebears, the people who started the covenant movement, they knew that the essence of a relationship with Jesus was about walking with him. And so I'll ask you that old covenant question. How goes your walk? How's your walk with the Lord? How would you like your walk to look like? What would you like your walk to look like in 2022? What can you do to walk with him more closely? And I would, I would encourage you, as you think about that question, don't t- take too long to think. Don't take too long to try to come up with the perfect plan without acting. Because Jesus calls you to follow him right now, today. Follow the holy example of these apostles. Because at once, they dropped their nets and they followed him. And so no matter where you are in your walk, today is the perfect day to drop whatever you were intending to do or whatever you were not intending to do and to drop your nets and follow him. Perhaps you're like me and you want to literally walk with Jesus in 2022. That's one thing I want to do. Perhaps you'll also do the Lectio Divina guide through Mark in community. We encourage you to do that. I'll say more about that later. But whatever it is we do, let's be intentional. Because if we walk with him, our lives will be changed. We'll be filled with peace and purpose and joy. Our church will be changed. And the people around us, our world will be transformed as well. Oh, dear friends, come walk with Jesus. And he will make you fish for people. Let's pray. Oh, dear Lord, I just thank you that you have sought us out. God, I thank you that in your great mercy and grace, you came down to us. You came to find us. You came to save us. You came to call us to walk with you, to follow you. Your everlasting love has sought us out even though we have turned away from you and have not walked with you. You keep on seeking us out, dear Lord. We are so grateful for this mercy and grace. God, thank you that we did not have to apply We thank you that we do not have to justify ourselves to become your disciples. 
but you choose the weak things of this world. You choose sinful, broken people like us and call us into relationship. And God, because of that, we are so cognizant of our sin. We ask you to forgive us for our lukewarmness, for being lukewarm about our walk with you, for letting it drift, perhaps, for letting it grow cold. Oh, dear God, draw us back and help, help, help us to make it our great ambition to walk with you, follow you in 2022. Help us to walk away from whatever is holding us back. Help us to drop whatever it is we're holding on to and keeps us from you. Lord, give us the courage and boldness to act promptly, to act quickly, to follow you today. And this, Lord, I pray that you would bless us as we go forth to be your people, to be your disciples. Bless us as a church. Help us to do this together as a community, Lord, so that we don't walk alone. Help us to support, one, support each other better. Help us to walk more closely with each other. Help us to work together, Lord, for the sake of the mission that you've called us to here in South Wheaton. Lord, I just pray that you would keep each of us safe and healthy and renew us in body, mind, and spirit, we pray today in Jesus' name. And we now pray the prayer that he taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.